Oh, you cool. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three. This is Books, Bible, Ballads, and Beats. I'm your host, Shalom J. Stewart. Um, good to be here for some of my friends here. Um, some of my friends you're, you're familiar with. You, you've had Al Curley last time. We spoke on episode two. Um, we talked about uh, the struggle of marriage, um, the husband's edition. So you probably remember Al. Um, brought, my back, brought back my homie Duke and my, and my homie and frat brother. Uh, from back home, from straight out of Philly, uh, Thomas James Randall. What's going on, everybody? Um, I'm going to go in order and let y'all um, introduce yourself and whatnot. Um, so for my order, I got Al, Duke, and then I got TJ. So let's, let's, let's rock out from there. Tell them who you are, where you're from, um, some things you're about. And, um, you know, we're going to get into the title, but um, what's your concern as a Black man? In America. All right, it's on you, Al. Cool. Um, I'm Al Curley. I'm from New York. My family lives on Long Island. Church is in um, Brooklyn. Um, but I am a New York native. Um, I'm just glad to be here with my brother. I guess something that concerns me as a Black man, of course, is the way that we're being struck down in the street and our lives are not being considered um, as others' lives are. And I'm not even talking about on a human to human level. I'm talking about on a human to even animal level. It seems as if, you know, animals have more rights than humans sometimes and we just can't get the justice we need. I'm, I'm also concerned about this upcoming election um, for both sides, um, um, not Republican or Democrat, but I have concerns about both. And I'm, I'm praying that, you know, our community is able to get our voices heard and that our concerns are brought to the table and that change is on the way. That's what I'll say. Awesome, bro. Awesome, bro. I'm glad that you can uh, be here with us, man. Um, there you go. There goes my mic, man. I knew something was a little funny. Um, our homie uh, TJ, he's in a meeting right now. Um, he just he just wanted to join us, man. So we appreciate him uh, taking his time out. He's going to uh, fall in as soon as he gets the opportunity. But he's encouraged us to keep moving forward. And definitely glad he's here because we want him. Last time, uh, this is actually our rebake um, for all for all our viewers. Al, he's a he's a he's our, our new face in this uh conversation, which we're glad to have him. Um, but uh TJ hit us with some with some real stuff last time. So I'm glad for him to uh my brother for, for him to be here when I know TJ for a long time. It's, I was I was a, I was a boy when I met <laughs> when TJ was <laughs> when I when I met him, man. He's been we've been running rocking ever since, man. So glad that you're here. Al man, thank you, bro. Uh I appreciate you. This is my pastor, y'all. This is my pastor, man, you know. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm make sure that, uh, you know, make sure y'all look out for him, man. When I move to New York and whatnot, or wherever you go, you know, I, I just carry bags, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. So next we got my bro, bro, should I put your government out there or, 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 or am I just calling you Duke? I know you from the, you from the South, you, you know, from South Central. I don't want to, you know. Bro, Duke is fine. No, that no, no. <laughs> and uh, they don't need to know nothing else. But uh, yo, man, I'm glad to be back with my brethren, the good brothers. Uh, yes, sir. For the remake, so looking forward to this. But yeah, I'm Duke, young musician from South Central Los Angeles. Yeah, representing my community, and I think these conversations are important. So, you know, I I don't know how comfortable I feel continuing to speak after I. So uh, I might need to lead the conversations off because. Uh, 
That brother just gave a prolific, profound, and powerful introduction. <laughs> as always, <laughs> but, right? As always. So, <laughs> nah, man, it's definitely good to be in good company and, um, yeah. you know, to learn, to listen to y'all brothers and to share whatever input I got from my experience, my experience and insights. Oh, absolutely, man. You, man, this, this is Duke, man. Duke's a genius. Duke from the hood, man, but he, he's a genius. He one of them dudes, you know, don't mess with Duke. I wouldn't that. You know, some, dudes, some dudes will hem you up, but some dudes will make you think before they hem you up. Like, man, is he going is he gonna hit me with the crowbar or is he gonna just <laughs> wait a couple of years and take me out? You know, I don't know. Who knows? But yo, it's good to, for you to be here, man. I'm so excited. Um, myself, as y'all probably know, um, from South Philly. My 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 boys, y'all laugh at me all the time, man. From South Philly, got a background in social worker, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> do count them count them down already. Brother Vaillant, I think Attorney Incorporated. Um, um, as a black male, my my concern is the ontological condition of the black male. Um, I think that uh, there is a lot that we're not talking about concerning the black male. Um, I think that there's a lot of comparison of trauma and and struggle uh, between our sisters, as a matter of fact. Um, which you know, I think. Um, you know, it's just some, we just have a lot. We're just a, something that needs to be where people, uh, black men need to be revisited. Um, I think that um, black men in some ways have been forgotten. Um, and and um, same could be said for black women. Um, but I think in this um, day and time, um, I think so much attention and, and, and rightfully so, um, but so much attention is on black women and, um, you know, even the queer community um, that we forget um, black males. And, and all that we've been through, all that we've contributed to American society. Um, and there's a certain demographic of black males, I think, that is being forgotten as well, uh, more specifically. So, yo, I'm glad for y'all to be here. This episode is uh, the place, condition, and situation of the African-American male today. That's what we're talking about today, y'all. Uh, the place, condition, and situation of the African-American male today. And I want to lead off with some questions. This once again is a remake. We had a lot, man. I'm so mad that we didn't, we couldn't get that, uh, couldn't save that coverage, man. Um, we got some notes, um, but we wanted to do an episode. Just be faithful to uh, getting that, getting our voices out there. So I want y'all to be honest, as I told y'all before. Um, first question, first question, and we can keep it in the order if y'all if y'all want, or if, if anybody feels led to jump in, yo, say yo, I really want to give a point in uh, one, two to three minutes. All right. So the first question is. What is black manhood? Does it matter? And if it does matter, why? What is black manhood? Does it matter? And if, if it does matter, why? I think Duke said he wanted to go first. And you know what? I'm okay <laughs> with that order too. So we're going to let my brother start it off. Duke, see, thinking about it, man. Yeah, I had to uh, jot it down on my little handy-dandy notebook. I think just my initial reaction to that question is Black manhood is inherited. It's a spectrum. Mm. And I believe it's suppressed. I believe that ah. Black men have not been given the space, the time, and the resources, both natural and spiritual, to craft and express a humanity that is from black men for black men like by black men 
Mm. And so um, I think what we see is a generational caricature of how Black men are supposed to talk and act and behave and what they should strive for. Um, and this comes from obviously slave history, but I think even more recently, I think it comes from a lack of fathers in the household. I think it comes from a lack of, a lack of well-equipped men in our communities. Yeah. And from a generational ill-equipment um, or like a passing down of a healthy black masculinity that has been shaped by and for the black man. So I believe it exists. I don't want to generalize it and say that all black masculinity is, is, is bad or we haven't seen excellent examples of black masculinity. Um, yeah. You know, by no means am I suggesting that. I think by and large though, systemically we find that black men have not been able to express black masculinity like i said because we've inherited bad or toxic or traumatic black masculinity right. um and we have not been given the wherewithal to create craft and express our vision of black masculinity in this society right awesome man what you think what you think i'll like so and just to piggyback real quick, just to just to make sure, Duke, you saying so for you, black manhood is, is is it sounds more than a biological thing. It sounds more than just something that uh you know you born a male and whatnot. Um, I hate I hate using I don't know if the word ontological is 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 right, and I'm sure that the biological factor is tied into that as well. Um, but you're looking at um the 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 being. Of black manhood is that am I correct on that or absolutely I, I would agree and say there's a difference between being a male which is just being born with a penis and being able to reproduce that way and then being a man and then taking it a step further I think there's a difference between being a man and even being a black man and so um there definitely is an existential crisis within the black male community about how to not just be a man but what it means to be a black man. Yeah, yeah, that's real, that's real. What you think about that, I'll, I'll make I'll make a face, man, he like, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, Duke, Duke kind of laid a strong foundation. All you need to do on a strong foundation is stand on it. Just stand, just stand um, on it. Now. So I'm just gonna build upon what my brother is saying. You know, I think um, in a simplistic definition, manhood is, is the state of being a man and not a child. So if the distinction is between being a man and not a child, there's a certain level of maturity into play yeah. um, that is definitely present. But I think when we specify black manhood, you would think that there is this rite of passage per se that needs to be involved mm -hmm. because to grow from a boy to a man, there's this certain rite of passage, whether it's spoken or unspoken, um, that, that, that solidifies one graduating from boyhood to manhood. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, what I see is that, you know, certain systems have been in place to kind of thwart or to kind of dilute that sort of manhood to where it's like now boys believe that they are men, but they still have the childlike mm -hmm. tendencies and habits, which yeah. kind of disrupt right. their very um, essence or being. And in many cases, we see in our urban communities, it stifles their growth, not only 
you know, maturity, but but in their life expectancy. So now you have boys trying to be men and using these caricatures that the system has pumped into our society yeah. of what a real man is and how to survive. And they're using these tools, thinking that they are paving or, or yeah, paving ways for their homies or whatever, but really they're shortening their life expectancy. Right. So I think what black manhood is, is it is a sort of being that causes you to adapt to the art of survival. Ah, wow. that, that, is not, that is not specific to urban communities, but just to the plight of the black man in general. You put a black man in on Wall Street, they're gonna mm-hmm. adapt a certain way to try to survive. You put mm-hmm. him in suburbia, you put him in an urban community, you, you put him in the White House, they're gonna adapt a certain kind of way yeah. to survive. So it doesn't matter, of course it matters. Yeah. Um, and, and if it does, why? I just basically explain why, because you have these individuals that are heads of households that are steeples in their communities. Of course, the black woman has become the steeple in the black community, but there's still that kind of iffiness and questionability of what does it mean to be a black man? And I think if we had more that were able to graduate into black manhood, we wouldn't have to question it so much. You know? yeah. I'll leave it there for now. Yeah, man, that's 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 interesting, man, because, you know, um, it's interesting because, you know, Duke, you from L.A., Al, you from New York, I'm from Philadelphia, TJ, you from Philadelphia. And these are areas where um, black manhood, I think, um, has been uh, demonstrated and presented in in very strong ways. Um, To your point, Al, um, with the aspect of adapting kind of like with survival, um, is that a good thing? You know what I'm saying? Is that a good thing? Is that, or is, is that just simply a part of, of, of who we are based on um, the history that's, that, that accompanies um, um, black African-American males, you know what I'm saying? With slavery and having to um, being challenged, uh, his, his security, the black man's security um, seemingly often always being uh, challenged um, by society. What would you say about that, man? Yeah, <laughs> you like me, you want me? You know, I think, you know, it, it is, it's kind of a, um, not a mute point, but it's kind of, you know, becoming the conversation over and over again about this communal aspect or this systemic kind of striking down of the black man and what do we do about that? I think that it is important for us to be educated in more ways than one. Yeah. And that doesn't always have to do with school, but there has to be this kind of drifting away from this caricature of surviving has to be to the point of one's risking of their life. That the only way that you can live is in a way where you are constantly risking your livelihood. Mm. I think, if you live on the edge like that, you never get to experience the full meaning of life. And where do we get nuances and revelation of what it means to be a man? Yeah. It has to be more than being able to tell the peace and, you know, rep your set or your hood or your street or your block or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. It has to be more than that because if your quality of life is loyalty to a street that you did not pave, a building that you did not build in a neighborhood that, the powers that be can come in at any time and take. push you out and push right. your people in. 
Right. You don't have anything left. Once that's taken from you, you don't have anything left. Right. And then you and then you get into like this, you know, wild animal that's put into a corner trying to scratch your way out. Mm-hmm. And the systems that you hurt on the way out will be detrimental to you and your family. Yeah. So I think we really have to keep in mind the tropes that we are supporting in hip hop culture and um, institutions of education and higher learning and as older brothers, as uncles, as grandfathers, fathers, even yeah. you know, spouses, whatever we do, every every step that we take, you right. know, is either upholding or destroying and deconstructing those negative tropes. So yeah. I think we have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, Duke, you got some thoughts. I I, I wanted to say real quick, because that kind of ties into uh um my next uh, uh question um um regarding um the position of black males. Um, in this society that seems, even though you're seeing a lot going on from liberal perspectives and conservative perspectives, I think like for the most part, I often find myself um, immersed in liberal, uh, a liberal society for the most part. And and Duke, did you want to did you want to add something to that or or shall I? What you think, man? He like yo he. he. <laughs> No, I think Al covered all the boxes. I think I was particularly struck by um, two things Al said, which is, you know, it's a process of growing out of childhood into manhood and then like this conditioning for survival. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's just unfair that black boys are not given that chance at that process usually, right. where you have young black boys who have to grow up quick in the household, whether through divorce, pops in jail, pops killed, pops being negligent, um, you know, this, that, and the other. And so, and then to your question, Shalom, uh, what was your question that you asked Al? Like the follow-up question? So so the way Al put it, I said, is that a good thing um, when in, in the aspect of being able to adapt in different situations, rather it be the White House, rather be in, a, in certain communities, um, and whatnot. I think us as a uh, Princeton grads and even us being from the hood, man, we've adapted. You have to adapt, you know what I'm saying, in yeah. order to survive. And so I kind of pose the question of, is it a good thing in the, in the aspect of survival, this, 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 this um, state of survival that the black man seemed to be in. Um, mm-hmm. And is it, uh, is it, is it because of, of slavery? You know, has that trickled down from slavery, our history of slavery, that we have to survive? Um, and I think Al did a beautiful job with um, naming some some examples. You know, it's it's something that needs to be said about how much um, and how easily um, the black man can be moved. And I think about this, and I, and I pose this to um, when we discussed this originally, man. Um, the uh, interview with James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni, when Nikki was talking about. Um, Basically, I would say that I would articulate as the uh, animalistic nature um, that some black men can can um, display from the frustration and can, um, you know, beating on your woman. You know what I'm saying? Because you're frustrated with what's going on at the job or the outside world, outside of home. Um, and Nikki really didn't understand that. And, and James Baldwin kind of was like and, and she, you know, she has a right, of course, because it's like, man, you, you know, the world beating on you. Now you come home, beat on on your woman. Come on, man. But what James Baldwin was trying to articulate to her and trying to get her to understand is that, yo, 
the black man has never been able to really execute um, his manhood. You know what I'm saying? We've always seemed to be um, put in this position of boyhood and that I don't know if we all can accept that or want to accept that. Um, but, you know, men in American society does not, um, you know, to be a man is not to be moved at some at another man's will. You, you get what I'm saying? That it, it's something about that, that emasculates the man. You, you, you feel me? Um, was that? No, for sure. Totally understand that. And again, agreeing with Al, you know, I think it has become a trope in the Black community of like destruction and trauma, which yeah. is true. And I'm not underestimating that. But I also think that being conditioned for survival has worked in our favor and as much as necessity breeding creativity and innovation. And we see forms of resistance in pretty much every facet of popular life and American life because black people, black men and black women have had to creatively uh, craft ways of survival in an environment that was totally set on destruction and destroying every bit of humanity, personality, and like ability. And so yeah. I think black masculinity is very creative, but again, we just haven't been given enough room. So we either move from a place of stability or not allowed to be men as we see fit for our women and our children, mm -hmm. um, or just based on like years and generations of trauma on us, Yeah we tired you know what i'm saying yeah so, man yo <laughs> i just it, talked it, it, about this with my homie like i don't know we were talking about antebellum the movie and one of the things if you've seen antebellum um first of all great movie i think you know what i'm saying i thought it was phenomenal i can't wait till it comes out on november 3rd i'm going i saw it about a couple times i'm gonna buy it y'all know how i am <laughs> i buy the movie man for, for just to just keep engaging it um, got so much from it. But one of the things that um, was heavy in it, and I think, I, I'm sure it's because of the times, right? Um, Black women are, they it right now. Um, but one of the things that it did was it, it played he heavily on the Black woman's um, 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 role. Um, Black women, it was just, they were just heavy in, in their, their, it had somewhat of a dominant um, um, you know, they were the heroes where it had, you know, it had a couple black men in there had like, but it had like one black male and he really wasn't, he had, he played his role, but he really wasn't, um, I think it didn't, it did cover the black male's role throughout black, throughout history, African-American history. Um, but it didn't, for some reason did not cover, um, it kind of diminished him. If you, you understand what I'm saying? It kind of diminished him as far as um, um, how much the black man has given, not only to his people, but to the nation. And to think of think about when you think about someone giving their blood and, I'm, you know, we black men have given their blood to black women, for sure, of course. But we both black men and black women have given their blood to this nation. And when you think about that in the physical uh, perspective, when you lose blood, you you lose energy. You You don't have a lot of strength. Right. And so think about that metaphorically. If the black man has given so much of his blood to his people, to his kind and all that he's had to endure and see and um, being and being emasculated, you know, what I'm saying systemically, 
um, um, even physically, you know, saying obviously when you think about, you know, Lynch law and all that stuff, um, are, are we, are we really doing, what are we, what's going on where we are, are we not considering, um, the lack of strength that the black man has, or is, are we just, is, are, you know, some people call that BS, but I don't, I think that that's relevant. Bro, that would be America's demise to put into the brains of black men that what their potential could be. Yeah. So I think it's a part of an agenda of feminizing the black man, mm -hmm. um, keeping them weak, um, putting them in this place in order to keep the American system rolling as it should because America's downfall would be the black man. I mean, America as we know it, you know what I'm saying? Built on racism and slavery, capitalism and colonialism. America as we know it would write its own demise if it created or showed or depicted moments or the lineage of strength and resistance that black men have continually um, demonstrated throughout American history. And yeah. so that's why our educational system is the way it is. That's why we don't get taught about black heroes or black inventors or we get put into this box yeah. um, because the moment that black people really understand what they can be or can do, yeah. um, especially when they're not forced to do it, then I think you have the breeding ground for an extreme creative revolution. Yeah. So I, I, I wanna like, um, Al, you got a response for that um, real quick? All right, so I really wanted to get to this next question because I think we, we're, we're touching on it you know, it's really all over the place, man. But um, second question is, is the African-American male emasculated in liberal society? And when I say emasculated, I'm not talking about just physically. I'm talking about, of course, systemically. Are we, is, is, is he, and we've been talking about kind of the black man being forgotten in a sense in this society, being left out, being isolated, alienated um, in a sense. Um, and maybe just, just straight up. Um, what what y'all think about that? Is the is the African American male being emasculated in liberal society? And if he is, um, what does it look like for y'all? And um, yeah, just expound upon that. <laughs> um, wow, I didn't have time to prepare for these questions. So hey, I'm man, just we really... we just, just being authentic and real because you know we gonna have some authentic and real with listeners. So we might yeah, yeah. get fresh with it. I don't think it's really a question of whether the African-American male is emasculated in a liberal society. I think that statement is kind of like, you know, you ask it in a way of sarcasm because you know that it is, it is the case. That's like to say, do black lives, um, do black lives really matter in America? You know, it's, it's, it's parallel to asking that question in this context that we're in right now. And I think, when you, when you really understand that and really sit with that question for a minute, I haven't, I mean, in that way, except for this panel just now, but yeah, yeah. I, I have also in the sense of just living life and then noticing what media portrays. I think that it is, Yes, I will say yes, number one. The African-American male is, I believe, emasculated in liberal society. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think 
the, the reason is because you are destroying a power system. So now if the power system is confused as to what its power should be, what its role should be, I'm not going into gender roles here. I'm just saying as, as, as the black male in American yeah. society, if you're confused as to what your role is, then you're going to spend time trying to figure out what that role is instead of having already known that role and embodying that role and perfecting you living out that role. Yeah. So now you spend your life trying to find yourself or figure out who you really are yeah. or, or what you really are or who you really want to be mm-hmm. instead of having that foundation already planted and instilled in you right. to just grow upon that. And I think, you know, that's the way the system has been set up. And I think mm-hmm. liberal society, this is not going to be popular opinion here. But if we really be honest, liberal society is really breeding a culture that is saying anything goes. Whatever you want it, whatever you want it to be, mm-hmm. it'll be. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to be, you can be. Right. I and mean, that's just not that's the case for black That's layer what I just said based on what we spoke about earlier. <laughs> it's just, you know what? You don't have to make a decision yeah. about anything in the course of your life because whatever you want to be right now, you can be right now. Yeah. And yeah, whatever yeah. you want to be tomorrow, you can be tomorrow. Yeah. And so you're not laying a foundation and you're not building anything. If I say today I want to build, I want to build a car, and then tomorrow I say I want to build a house, right. guess what's going to get left? The car right. that I started yesterday is going to be left there in pieces. Yeah. And then let's say I want to build a plane, the house that I started and the car that I started yeah. are both left as I'm trying to rediscover, reinvent, and figure out who I am. Right. And I think that all plays into this question and what's been happening, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we could talk about it further. I'll leave it there for now. No, man, I think you make a great point um, and whatnot um, as far as... Um... <laughs> It's obvious, man. You know what I'm saying? It's obvious. Um, and 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 I think it goes. Um, it, it's 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 interesting, man. Um, we can't even. It's sad because we can't even really have that conversation. It seems like in, in public, without you know somebody's like, oh, you're being it's patriarchy, and it's like, well, no, we we're we want to ask a question because in this society where you can be anything you want to be. It seems like black men are having are struggling with that. Have we ever been able to be what we want to be? Have we ever been able to do what we want to do? And that's not to say I think I think historically we've we've wanted very little. You know, we I'm just fine with being being Shalom Stewart. But at the end of the day, um, I want to be able to access um, um, what I can access based on uh, the effort that I put forth. But what happens when you can't do that because systemic factors are in the way? And nowadays, I think we're calling that. We'll call that all, you know, you're making excuses and, and, and stuff like that. And some black men hold that position as well, you know? So what you think about that, Duke? Like, you know, and the, and the question once again is, is the African-American male being emasculated in liberal society, man? And, and it's interesting, before, I, before, I, before you go, bro, it's interesting because tonight is the last debate, right? Last presidential debate. And um, I think a lot of black males are running towards Trump because, well, it's conservative, right? Um, and I think black males think they can be, I feel otherwise, but they, they think they can be all that they can be, but they um, this, this sense of liberty, I can be free if I run to this side um, where in actuality, 
um, I just think it's a it's a misconception of what it really means for the black man or anyone for either, for that matter to be to be free, um, to run to the conservative side. I don't think either side has us really in mind. And so go ahead, Duke. My bad, man. I just want to throw that out there. Now you good, bro? I think my initial reaction is yes. We are being emasculated. Um, my second thought is being aware of how we are emasculated. I think that's a lot more important. I think mm -hmm. that's been going on for a long time. And I think it's time that we just become aware of the tactics and the strategies and the systems, institutions that yeah. feed into this plan. Um, and then I think third, you, you, this idea about masculinity struck me because that changes based on a concept. And so yeah. what we have in America is an American form of masculinity. Right. And so, you know, you're the breadwinner, you, you have civil power, uh, you have domestic authority, you, you're outspoken, you're strong, and like all of these tropes of American manliness. And what I think we're seeing is America's attempt to say, you can't be a man in America. So we're not going to let you express American masculinity so that you won't behave and act like a man in America. Wow. And again, I think that's dangerous because, well, it would be dangerous for America to do the opposite. So if America did teach and give the resources for black boys to become black men, um, then eventually America could not exist as America anymore or as it always has existed. And yeah. so there is for sure a plan to effeminize and emasculate the black man because it works better for America's larger agenda. Mm -hmm. And for black people to be flocking towards Democrats historically, and like you were just saying, now they're flocking towards the conservatives, it's all playing into the same agenda, which is to suppress black people yeah. And to keep white as white or whiteness as the greatest. Oh, my boy PJ fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, it's all in the gender to keep white and whiteness as supreme in yeah. our context. Yeah. And white masculinity is a supreme. So um, yeah, we're definitely see we're definitely seeing and living in, you know, this plan of emasculating black men for sure. Yeah, man. And, and it's interesting. You, you mentioned uh, <laughs> you mentioned a word which kind of gets into my next job, which is uh, does. So we live in a time where this is this is the time of the black woman. I think it is their time, you know, what I'm saying and kudos. Um, um, shout out to our sisters, man. However, I, I, I want to um, there are I think there are modes that that kind of go so far that it misses where it kind of detaches itself. I, I see a detachment like where, when I think about how black women and men, black men talk about their struggles, I think like they compare struggles opposed to um, understanding that, yo, yeah, you might go through your stuff and I might go through my stuff and, and you might see it from a woman's perspective, I might see it from a man's perspective, but at the end of the day, we both struggling. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it, it's really, I, I think we try to compare who's going through more. Um, and in that, in that, in that, um, basically, um, 
I think that that's how also black males get left behind in society. And I think this is something that has always uh, been a part of, of, of systemic white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? As it relates to how to, how to implement and control um, the dysfunction and division within the black community. Um, so with that being said, man, another question is, does feminist ideology thingify the black male? Does feminist ideology thingify the black man? I'm taking thingify from a couple couple books I've read. Um, thingify meaning does it make a man into a thing? And let me let me let me throw this out as an example. So there are some women out here who will think like, "Yo, I want to have a kid, but I don't need no man. I just need I just need a seed to have a kid. We can do everything else. Everything else I don't need this man for." Um, and so to you know, in order to continue society, you have to reproduce, all right? There has, to, there has to be males and females to reproduce and continue society on. Um, but there seems to be um, some feminist view that's like, I don't want, they just, they just, my, this is something my wife even kind of, she despises it where, you know, they're, they're, they're detesting marriage and, and anything that kind of brings males and females together. Um, in, 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 in oneness. And they're saying, you know, we don't need black males to be the protector no more. We don't need black males uh, to be the provider no more. In fact, we don't need black males, period. Uh, what they can do is, like I just mentioned, for example, give us, give us what we need so that we can reproduce. And maybe, you know, for example, if I'm lesbian, I can, me and my partner can just um, take care of that baby even better than I, I could take care of this baby than with a black male. So, so with that at heart, in mind, does feminist the ideology in some way thingify um, black males? And remember, we're talking about black men getting left behind here too. And I want us to think about that, like with our sisters, because like, yo, I can't tell you how many times on social media I see I, I've gone back and forth with certain people, like not intentionally, um, or or just seeing people go back and forth about um, black men this, black men that, or black women this, black women that. So. Is there, are we think of, does, does the black man get thingified in, in feminist ideology? What y'all think? Go ahead, Al. Yeah, so unpopular opinion again. I'm just going to drop <laughs> it out. Whatever Don't worry, it's man. going to get kicked out, man. I'm going to drop it there. Unpopular opinion. I look at some guys and I'm like, why are you mad? You mad yeah. because they're telling the truth. You mad uh, because they, they, they don't need you. And let me explain. Let me explain why. Yeah. The reason is because based on the systems that have been put in place, we all know what they are. It has bred the black woman, if I could use that for lack of a better term, mm. bred the black, the black woman to be able to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining. Not that they wouldn't have been on um, previously, but it's yeah. made it more, it's made it more obvious. It's right. emphasized it more to where it's like, okay, I can raise you from a baby to a boy. I can raise you from a boy to a man. And even when you become a man, I can still raise you then. Yeah. Because it's like, you never, you, you, you always need me in a way to which I have to give to myself, give to the kids and give to you in a way that you feel as if you're only responsible for providing yeah. existential pleasures and creature comforts. Yeah. So I have to feed your ego I have to still tell myself I'm beautiful. 
and I have to raise the kids to be better than we are all by myself. Mm -hmm. So now if that weight is on me, you're not helping me. You're not helping me. You're, 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 you're just there. You're there. Mm -hmm. you're, you might be providing and you might even be providing well, right. but you're not helping me to where we get, you know, when you look at feminism at its roots, it's, it's the argument for women's rights and, and, and yeah. equality of the sexes. And the reason yeah. I think I can be equal to you is because I've been doing your job. Wow. So if I've already been doing your job, I shouldn't have to argue for myself to be equal to you. I've already been doing the work. I've yeah. already been doing the work. Yeah. And this is now, now the reason I'm saying this is because this is not only for uh, uh, families that don't have a father in the home. This right. is for families that have a father that's present in the home, yeah. one that might not have one in the home, one that goes to church where a black man is preaching to him every week. Um, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. in all of these instances, you have you have women who are saying, listen, I've been doing everything. Even if I have a man or not, I've been doing everything. So I deserve the same rights that they have. Mm -hmm. Now, toxic masculinity plays into a, a major part of that. Um, and that's that's kind of a different topic. I don't want to go over my, you know, my time limit for for responses. Hey, man. Hey, hey, TJ, man, it's good to have you with us. Finally, bro, you was fired <laughs> up. Bro. I'm excited to hear what you got to say, bro. So I'm going to stop. I just want to hear what you got to say. Uh, my apologies, fellas. Um, I was, I'm at my second job. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a meeting. I'm in a management position at um, in a supervisory position at my second job. Yeah. And, um, you know, just got to, You know, today I'm at this job Thursday through Sunday. So Thursday is like my Monday. So it's like you come in from the week's worth of stuff, and you got to kind of go over everything. I had to meet myself because I was trying to be super reserved. And then it kind of got a little. I don't know if y'all saw me get like. I saw you stand up, man. I know that. I know that, man. I know, yeah, you, you yeah. know that. You know. Nah, bro. We saw, bro. We saw it all, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. He said you be, you be, you be working in Pelican Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, listen, I'm very solution based oriented, right? And and when an issue is brought to me, I have a real and it's a fault to my fraternity, and I blame them for that. Why we gotta get blamed for that, man? Because 55, bro, and it's been beating my head so much that I don't like it. Excuse so when me. I hear it, I automatically get flared up. And then when you give it to me, but there's no solution behind it, it's kind of like the cherry on top of the ground. Jump yeah, right over. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like elevation. I'm I'm seeking therapy for it now, guys. That's the that's the that's oh the black man going to therapy, man. Go ahead, man. I'm trying to find a, me a medium in the middle ground. That's bro. it, bro. But that's what was it. the question, brother? What but what's the, man? Welcome, man. Good, glad we can we can reel you in finally. Um, so the question is, does feminist ideology thingify just to subjectify, objectify uh the black male, make him less than a human being, make him a thing? Al Al was going in. I was going in to the point. I was like, "Ooh, ouch!" Does it does it demasculate us? Yeah, put it that way. Um, it can. I feel like it can. I feel like it does create problems for um the black unit. And I'm not gonna say the black man or the black woman. I'm gonna say the black unit because mm -hmm. the biggest threat to Negro, the biggest threat to American soil is Negro unity, right? So any way that you can keep a man, a black man and a black female separate from creating, from procreating and creating a good family unit that creates generational wealth and creates change, mm -hmm. that's a win for them. So mm -hmm. no matter how it looks, right? No matter how, no matter how the shot comes in, whether it comes from feminism, homosexuality, or anything of that nature, 
it's what you allow, right? I can only, I can, like, I kind of get into these conversations with people a lot. And they say, well, what's your background? What's your, and I tell them I only have a bachelor's, I only have a bachelor's in business marketing from Cheney University, mm-hmm. right? But I sit in these rooms with these PhDs and these guys with all of these doctors and all these, and they say, well, what credits you for that? And I say, I only speak off of my life experiences. Right. I like to tell people all the time, if it's a bet, whatever the best, I always, I've always gotten the short end of the shit, the short end of the shit stick. Excuse my language, mm-hmm. right? So whatever bad can happen can always happen. If my gas is on a quarter tank, I'm going to run out of gas. But if I don't go get gas, that's just how my life works, right? So it, it causes me to work preventative instead of react instead of reactive. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, and you have that process and that way of looking at things, it kind of puts things in a sort of perspective where you see the, you can see the forward progress if what happens, right? Right. Yeah. Where you have, okay, you can get welfare, but it can't be no man in the house, right? Mm-hmm. So you already done cut the income in half. Yeah. Right. So now you, your kids are already starting behind the ball on the eight ball in order for them to get good warm food and clothing or mm-hmm. some type of support. They can't have a full support system, but I bet you if you went in a, if that parent couldn't take care of that child mm-hmm. and put them in a foster system and guess what they want? They want a mom and a dad in the home to adopt that foster child, right? And you get money for that. So you're giving money to a family who has the support system with the mom and dad, who the same family couldn't get that type of money if a mom and dad was in a home because of their circumstances. You get Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you look at it from that perspective and you cause that divide, that's what builds it. So now what happens is when you take that man away is, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. I'm a strong, independent black woman. I'm a strong, independent woman in general. Yeah. And women have rights too. And women should be paid more. And women should do more. Okay, so go out there and cut that grass. Oh, now that ain't my job. I'm only saying this, right? Some, 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 some are doing that though now, bro. Watch this though. Some, I'm, only, I'm only speaking off a of personal experience, right? Because then it'll flip-flop in the same way in my household yeah. where you'll catch me doing laundry. You'll catch me cooking, right? It's where those gender roles switch and excel. So yeah. it's a, it's all about how you allow it into your space, right? Right. If my wife tries to jump to that feminism side, it's a heavy pulling. No, 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 no. <laughs> my my premarital counselor said, "Teacher, you're gonna have a lot of problems in your marriage." Why do you say that? He didn't say problems. He said challenges. I said why? He said because you don't know how to back down. You stand too firm, and maybe that could be my masculinity. My masculinity sticking out and poking his chest out like a peacock. Well, not a peacock, more like a lion, because it's more of a roar. It's more of a real threat behind that. But the thing is, when you project that, it's because you're not letting the feminine, it's the communication of that feminism, right? It's a lot of the times where it's how it's met. It's how, it's it's all about how it's met, right? So if you want to project your feminist ways, I'm not, let's not say feminist ways. If you want to project your views on it, right? Yeah. I should be getting paid more. I should be doing this. I, women... I'm a firm believer in that. You should be getting paid. If actually, I'm the only male administrator at my first job, right? Everybody. Man, I was the only male social worker on my team. And they all get paid more than me. And that's not my first job. I've worked in a pharmaceutical company where I was the only male mm-hmm. in 28 people. Mm-hmm. And it was all 20, it was 27 women, mm-hmm. right? And they all got paid more than me. Yeah. So that 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 can, that can be demeaning to us, right? That can put us on the back burner because again, it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Somebody had... In order for somebody to be at the top, somebody has to be at the bottom. Somebody has to take that place of that person. So now that that role is switching, that man is going to that bottom of that role, if you allow it, 
when it, when you get to that bottom of the road, you you're fighting against it, and they're fighting down. It's that's that shared trauma. That's that comparing trauma. That's that my trauma is worse than yours, and so I deserve more. How many times do y'all see in surveys where they say black women have it worse than black men, or they take the survey of comparing black men and black women? Instead of just comparing, comparing black people and just con, taking black people in general and then just making it, they're causing a divide. They're saying somebody's going through more of a struggle than you, so somebody deserves more than you. When instead of you just removing the whole system in general that's causing the issue and just treat everybody fair. Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to be, nobody wants to give up their position to be here. Somebody oh. wants, everybody always wants to be here. So on the scale, when you take that scale here, somebody got to drop down here. So do Weird. you think that you think y'all think I'll open it to everybody. So I do see like on social media, um, again, uh, um, it's like, man, it's like the battle of the sexes, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. Right. Is this, uh, uh is, I think that, I think to be fair, I do think that it is, um, a matter of the condition we in and that's not to exclude, um, the factors of white supremacy. However, um, I like you said that. <laughs> I'm actually doing the training on dismantling white supremacy in K to eight. That's also because it, it got to happen, bro. Yeah, but and you you would be surprised on how much we project white supremacy as black men. Oh yeah, it's blew my mind. Like I and this is this is what this is what they this is why they this is their problem with it. They see it they see it as it all coming from white supremacy. I think that. I don't know if it all comes from white supremacy. Y'all let me know what y'all think. But I think that it all, it does, some of it does come from white supremacy. And I think it comes um, almost automatically, but also we have to recognize, and I think it goes back to what I was sharing with y'all that James Baldwin says, have we ever really been in a situation where we've been able to execute our manhood? You know what I'm saying? And if not, um, it's going to come out some way. It's the same thing when you see uh, these riots in the streets from protests or these or these rough protests where, uh, you know, th this is resistance. But because you have not received it or dealt with it um, the proper way in the peace when it was done in a peaceful manner, this is what you get. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, 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 it's at a point where people are fed up now. But I, I wonder what I wonder is um, when we talk about feminist ideology and women, some women feeling as though they can they don't need the black male anymore or you know he's obsolete is that uh does it come from a place of of power a desire for power no not a desire for power um more so a desire of validation do what uh, you what about do what you said could do made a face he was like man um this the validation of saying I did this on my own it's the validation of saying I can do it on my own without the help of somebody else I'm at fault for that too. I'm, I'm very. I have a big issue with depending on people, mm -hmm. right? I don't like depending on people for nothing. If somebody tell me they're going to do something, if they don't do it, with, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't give me a response within my reasonable time, I start going to go do it myself. Same. And then it's, then when I do do it myself, and it gets to that point where I'm doing too much myself, mm -hmm. I blow up and say I'm always doing it myself. How many women do that, right? Mm -hmm. And and then not only that, but when you create that system of there, there's no need for a man to be in the house. I'll challenge that every time and say, why do you think that, right? It's men and women in this world, so you, 
they should ha- your child should have an ex- have knowledge from a man and a female's perspective, right? When you talk about young girls in a dual parent household, uh, uh, the mom is to teach the child how to treat mm-hmm. a man, right? Mm-hmm. And then the father's job is to show the female, show his daughter how a man should be treated. Mm-hmm. It's well, just a female though. So when you take a, but watch this, when you take a female, when you take, no, that was my example for a young, a young female child. Okay. Young female child, the mom teaches her how to be a good wife, right? Right. You got to do this, you do this, this is the responsibilities of a wife. Right. The dad comes in and says, okay, I love that. However, this is how you treat a man. These are some of the things that men want. These are some of the things that men need. These are the, some of the things that you need to look out for because some men don't deserve all of these th- all of these traits that we're teaching you. So I need to teach you how to look out for those type of men, right? Mm-hmm. So now when you flip it and you take a young black boy, right? Dad is supposed to teach you how to be a man, how to do all the right things, how to protect the female, how to do this, that, and the third. Me and my wife has, have been sharing a car for the past two years, one, one car. Mm-hmm. I could tell you on how many hands She's caught the bus. I've caught the bus countless, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> I've been I would there. not do that if my dad didn't teach me that because my mom never taught me that. Right. Had I took the lesson from my mom, I would be selfish and let her survive on her own. You right. get what I'm saying? Mom would be like, you got, you, you need, to, you you in trouble. They, 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 they killing black men out there. You need to be one on the, on the car. Let this her is what I'm saying. Boy. So you need to right. be able oh, to, no, man. you need to be able to get that double balance from both of them. So you need that. Again, this quote from J. Edgar Hoover, the biggest threat to American soil is Negro unity. Mm. So anytime you can cause that separation in any way, shape or form or whatever that is, is that you working, you working for them and instead of against it. So Al, so let me let me jump to Al because Al and Al thinking Duke writing. What you think, Al? <laughs> Wait, give me give me the question one more time. So the question was, and I want to move on because I we I want to make sure we hit solutions because I know the hour is spent. But um, the question was, does feminist ideology thingify the black man? Oh yeah, I think we um we touched on that, we addressed that. But I think um where was I going? I was going somewhere earlier, but then I got excited when I saw TJ was free. Um, but um, I think where I was going was it's important that we look at this from a perspective of like TJ was saying, black unity. So Mm -hmm. it it doesn't need to be about, okay, the women got to get their power. The men got to get their power over here. And we looking at each other like, hey, you owe me this kind of power. You owe me that kind of power, whatever that is. It has to be, how, how can I live in a way where I make sure I'm doing, I'm handling what I need to handle and I'm uplifting the black woman at the same time and, yeah. and the and, and the black woman as as they have been many times how can i live my life in a way that is you know embodying all that i want to be in my dreams and also upholding a black man because when we come together yeah. it's it's crazy you know what i'm okay. saying it's not much you could do when right. we come together and then let's say we have offspring let's say we have children yeah. then those those um models of unity and support and working together and it's not me and mine over here and yours and you over there. No, we in, we're in this, we're in this together. That means whatever I have, yeah. if it can help you, let it help you. And you have access to it. Whatever you have, it can help me and I have access to it. And whatever we can give to them as we're raising them, we're training them and we're creating a culture of I'm gonna help my people. And that's whether it's in the home or whether it's on my street or mm-hmm. whether it's 
in my community, in my neighborhood. You see, mm-hmm. when, when you start at the ground level of the family, it helps build. And that's why I'm talking about systems because systems have been in place to destroy the family. Yeah. So I think it's more about, it's not about toxic masculinity. Oh, we need to tear down the black man. Oh, feminism is too crazy. We need to tear down the black woman. Nah, it's like, I love black women. You know what? I love black yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. So let, let black men and black women work together and, and, and create a stronger black community. Basically, I'm gonna leave it there. Duke, what you got, man? Bro, yeah, that was, <laughs> I ain't got Never much after that. Curly. But piggybacking off of Al, I feel like it's about negotiating how we gonna work together. Yeah. What I see is going back to that first question, bro, is what is black manhood? What is black masculinity? And time and time again, we've said men have been denied the opportunity to be a black man. And if being a black man again is about having a job, getting a degree, having some sort of civil power, domestic authority, and black women doing that, then we see yet again that black men are being moved. And I'll say that earlier, like black men are just movable, like whether it's the system, the police, and mm-hmm. now whether it's like by women, it's like black men are like an optional piece. Mm-hmm. But what I think is like, yes, again, yeah, TJ quoting J. Edgar Hoover, uh, black power is the demise of America as we know it. If the black man becomes a man fully in yeah. an American context, that's the end of America, especially with a woman, a black woman who can be a full black woman. So you have two human beings who are able to be full human beings, and now they're able to be black, full human beings in America. That's the end of it. And so my thing is thinking legacy, thinking community, thinking culture. It's like, how can we negotiate our roles? Because black men are able to be black men because black women have had to do what black men are supposed to be doing. I I put it in quotes because I think it is a negotiation and a compromise but it has to be camaraderie and teamwork. And so I can't be trying to be you and you trying to be me because that's insanity. Like we'll, that's, we'll get nothing done. Right. But if we can negotiate roles on how to be a, a solid family unit in a network of other families, now we got a community. Now we raising up kids together in a pool of community. Now we got legacy. And now together through generations, old contemporary and the ones coming up, now we able to build a culture and we're able to create our own expression of black humanity. And yeah. I think that's the solution. I mean, that's obviously like the visionary answer to it, but like practically, I think we have what it takes. We have a lot of educated black women. We got educated black men. We got access to jobs. We got access to books, um, access to each other, the internet, media. And so yeah. it's like, bro, I think we got everything it takes to be a solid black community, but we got to stop fighting one another and really start seeing the battle for where it is. Um, Because it's really, it is versus them. Like once that is established, then it's cool. (laughs) So my last question, this is my last question. Um, So we talk, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. Because it's it's what y'all, the number one solution that I say to everybody is education and knowing. You gotta know, bro. It's you once you take it all the way back to slavery. How did is to break a slave? How do you break a slave? You take the biggest, strongest protector, 
and make that one look like the weakest motherfucker. Same concept of a man when you're teaching your son how to fight. You go after the biggest motherfucker, you knock him the fuck out. I'm oh, excuse my language. I'm sorry, I'm cursing. <laughs> sorry, if man. you go after the biggest person first and you knock him out first, yeah. Mostly everybody else going run. If you they go and do whatever you say. It was the same thing for us when we were coming across the boats in the Caribbean mm-hmm. islands. That's mm-hmm. but it was butt busting. You take the biggest one, you take the biggest protector, and you rape him in front of everybody and you demasculate him. So now he looks weak to everybody. Yeah. Now you have control over everybody. So right, once right. we educate ourselves and our women see how that was, see how that happened to us, they're gonna naturally build us up to be stronger. If right. you know, if you speak to any black female who's aware of that type of that history, that part of our history, yeah, they speak very powerful about black men. It's it's proven facts. Yeah. So the goal would be to educate everybody the same way that these women are educated, so they can see what the problem was, so that they can start building us up, so yeah. that they can they'll take more pity to us because what we need is pity and empathy because that's what we want. We want that validation. You give it more to us, and we'll take it to the moon. <laughs> so so it's interesting you said that because this is part of my last question, right? Um, so you mentioned taking the biggest. You know, and that comes from um, what is uh, the controversial uh, Willie Lynch uh, letter, right? And so, um, also, which interesting, there is heavy emphasis on the black woman in the Willie Lynch letter um, to to as far as creating a slave or a slave society, if you will. Um, so, my last question is this, and it, I I think it's 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 a critical question, and the reason I say this is because I think regardless of Willie Lynch's existence or not, or um, uh, uh, how accurate it is, I think that I, for me, I see, um, I see the, the ideology, the context of what was written in there um, being executed. So the question is this, did the Willie Lynch letter ideology, regardless of his existence or not, work? Uh, was it effective? Um, if so, does it effective, does its effectiveness uh, make him real. So question, once again, did the Willie Lynch ideology, regardless of his existence or not, did it work? Uh, was it effective? If so, does its effectiveness make him real? And try to keep that in three, t- two to three minutes, because we on a, we on, we on time. So my Go ahead. First? It's whoever, man. <laughs> I'll say, man, whatever, man. I can make it 30 seconds. So yes, it worked. It's currently still working. You just proved it with Facebook in the comparison of trauma. It's working. It's keeping us separated and divided. Whether he was real or not, whether it was some man in Virginia, in West Virginia, in wherever time it was, decided to come up with this pamphlet and idea and say, I'm not popular. I'm going to use somebody else's name so don't nobody know who I actually am. Yeah. They came up with that idea. They ran with it. It's been working for over 400 years. So whether it's real or not, the concept is real. Yeah. Which makes whatever person you put behind it real. Mm. Even if it's AKA Willie Lynch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, I don't give a damn if it was Frederick Douglass there. I don't care if it was Frederick Douglass that made it Yikes. up and he had a secret plot yeah. and made it somebody else's name. Yeah. It worked. It it's worked. working. And even if you was to reveal today that it was Frederick Douglass that did it, the system is still going to be in place. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Al. I think. Um, 
what TJ is saying is is real. Like it it worked and it's working. I think you don't. Um, man, I had a good, I had something good to say. You know, you don't really measure the greatness of a thing with its present ramifications or impact. You really me- measure the greatness. I'm not talking about the goodness of a thing. Anything can be good right now. Yeah. But the greatness is really looked at in rear view and what implications it has after it's gone. Mm-hmm. And because that that pamphlet or that system that way of teaching and instruction has trauma that the, the black community is still working through right now. Yeah. It's real in that way. Yeah. And, and it's been great. It's been great to white supremacy in that way to where you have a whole group of people that are still trying to fight against something that was implemented decades, decades, right. years, hundreds of years ago. And so, yeah, it's real. Yeah. So now, the question is, what do we do about that? We got to look at it for what it is. This was a system put in place to dehumanize, to 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 divide, to mm-hmm. deconstruct, to destroy, yeah. to capitalize off of, and then to throw away when you're done. Yeah. So if we realize that and we keep that at the forefront, then everything that we do has to be in direct opposition to that so if that system was put in place to destroy we have to put a system in place to build up if that Mm. system was put in place to divide we got to put in a system in place to unify as we've all been saying this whole time and Mm. we we might have to do it in a way that when we die and i think that's what the civil rights movement brought about it brought about the beginning of that movement that when those individuals passed when they were killed when they died that we are still fighting this right now and i think in this moment that we're in right now is so unique and people are so scared right now Mm -hmm. because they know that we coming yeah what we're doing right now is about to have implications for generations to come that no we're not we're not lying down no more we're not taking this no more we're not dealing with this no more we are human beings we matter our lives matter our children's lives matter our community's life matters so you can't just come into our communities drop a check and kick out people out and bring your people in that's mm-hmm. about to, that's about to stop yeah, and these man. are systems that we need to put in place that even though they're trying to work systems our systems have to try to work to be greater now we got to do the harder work because yeah. we've had the lower hand this whole time they've right. always had the upper hand so now we need to that's where the unity comes in because there are resources that we need to have access to we got people in the black community that that's about to become billionaires and we spoke about that earlier yeah we got people that's about to become billionaires and they came off the same streets that we know about like Jay from Brooklyn I know Brooklyn like the back of my hand so streets that you know we walk that we're familiar with about yeah. to become billionaires or are billionaires you know who they sit at the table with and you can't tell me everybody who they sit at the table with is in solidarity with black lives right. there's some white supremacists there so we yeah. gotta weed them out we gotta deconstruct their system and we gotta build our system up yeah alright dude let's go let's do it Come on, Duke. You gotta finish strong, bro. Finish strong. Bro, what can I say? My boy freaks me happy. I'm like, yeah, let's go. But um, nah, I think I can only really echo just going back to the question real quick. Whether it has real like epistemological authority as like a document of truth and historical accuracy is not important for this conversation. Yeah. I think that it is very descriptive um, versus if it had been prescriptive. And so what matters is 
it's telling the truth. Yeah. It's telling the truth. It's telling the truth. And it's the same that we're living it even today. I think what TJ said, you take the biggest one of us, emasculate them, strike the fear of God in us, mm-hmm. um, you know, and for that seed, for that little seed to go into the ground and then grow this crop of fear, insecurity, anxiety is totally poisoning our black community today. Yeah. Um, so men don't know how to be men anymore because we're afraid. Women don't know how to let men be men or need to step in the place of men because they've always had to. It's always been a matter of necessity. Yeah. And so what we need to do from my perspective is, of course, unity is, of course, strategy, but we need healing. I think we need yeah, to man. heal one That's another. It. I think we That's need it. to water one another with love. We need to start visiting people in prisons. We need to start feeding people on the street. Yeah. We need to start speaking love to one another down the street as we walk in. Yeah. I think we need to get out of the spirit of competition, especially bros like in our areas, like we need to celebrate one another. I think Bro. the fact that we can't see one another as a, a building block in this chain of freedom and, and liberty as my mm-hmm. brother mm-hmm. is problematic. And I know, especially like in our spaces of higher academia, TJ, I'm sure in your space as a supervisor, it's hard to, to, to see one another as a brother when we felt yeah. like we fought so hard to, to get a seat at this table. Yeah. But I want to say, bros, God bless y'all. I'm with y'all. Whatever y'all need, I'm, I'm here for it. As long as it's about the unity, the promotion, and the total upbuilding of our community, our black daughters and sons and our black women and men. And once we do that, stop seeing it as a competition, that crabs in a bucket. I think we talked about that on the last time we did this. Yeah. We are our greatest asset. Our brother and our sisters to the left of us is our greatest asset. And so I think the fight is not won on an individual scale. We not gonna do this trying to defeat the dragon, you know, by ourselves. Like. Yeah. How come we all can't be Hercules? How come we all can't be Moseses? How come we all can't be Malcolms? How can How about we, that? we all can't be Harriet Tubman? How come we all can't be Rosa Parks? Like, because it's yeah. going to take all of us with a, a unified mindset to say, like, enough. I think it's going to take writers. I think it's going to take musicians. I think it's going to take artists. I think it's going to take politicians. I think it's going to take uh, groundskeepers, bro. I think it's going to take bus drivers. I think it's going to take... Yeah. Delivery men, it's going to take literally the network of black people to live in a an understanding of blackness, of healthy blackness. And it's like, it's for the promotion of our black humanity. So honestly, I'm sick of saying Black Lives Matter. I never really liked that phrase because that's like the bare minimum. I know my life matters, but it's like, I know I'm valuable. I know I have that's more it. to offer to our society. Yeah. So, no, I'm valuable. Black sisters and brothers, we are valuable. It's like, fam, we can do this. Like, we can do this. Like, no matter how much fear has been drilled into us, no matter how much toxicity, no matter how much trauma, no matter how much hate, no matter how much poison, we can make it, y'all. Like, we can make for sure, for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Long, I want you to look at this picture, man. I want you to look at this picture on the gram. You got this picture of this horse, right? Yeah. And the horse is chained to a lawn chair. A lawn chair? A lawn chair. And how you it, find it? I forgot what I forgot where I found it. I came across it by accident. If I find it, I'll send it to you. But the horse was basically attached to a lawn chair. Right. And the lawn chair was just sitting there. And the phrase said the only reason the horse is still there because they think it's trash. 
that horse could take off running with that damn lawn chair and wouldn't even realize it. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it goes back to an uh, unpopular guy um, in certain spaces. Um, he, 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 he can be extra, but I, I, I like uh, I like what this guy is Umar Johnson. I like what he said here. He says revolution begins in your mind. It begins in the mind of, of black people. Huh? He wasn't the first person to say that at all. Um, I, I looked at, he, he wasn't the first person at all, but um, <laughs> by any means. Um, but he, from recently, uh, uh, people I listened to, um, I, I recalled him saying that, and I was like, oh, "Okay, brother, you know, you ain't tripping at this moment." So you, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm actually working with this guy who I'm actually going to. I hopefully soon I can be introduced to Killer Mike, because yeah. um, Killer Mike is a big reason why I've kind of been on, uh, like the past two three years been on my t- been on my journey. Right. Yeah. Just in be- reinvesting in black um, self-defense and firearms, which yeah. I obviously carry out. But like all of that, like just investing back in you to your family and being all of that. And he, they all say it. You got to right. mentally, got to mentally wake yourself up, man. You he was ready. really drawing from Carter G. Wilson, like my favorite black thinker, man. Listen, I, I probably read this book ten times, but um, and that's that's this this is this is really it, man. I think like you all, first of all, thank y'all brothers, man, for for uh, pouring out. Um, this is how we get back to shout out to our brother Harlan, um, who was with us the first time. This is how we get back to being kings, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, 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 acknowledging our kingdom. You know what I'm saying? All of it. And so, um, this is books, Bible, uh, Ballast Beats, as always. Um, I um, thank you all for coming through. I always give a book and whatnot or, or a song or uh, something that a quote, whatever, something that, I, um, that I've come across um, that I find helpful to the subject matter that we talk about. Um, I, did send, I did show you all the miseducation of the Negro Carnegie Wilson, but uh, obviously um, this, this, this um, conversation was inspired by um, the book, The Making of a Slave, Willie Lynch Letter. But a book that I think is is very powerful, has been very powerful for me um, as an African-American male, hit me where I was at um, in this space at Princeton where, you know, you might see some brothers, but you don't see brothers like um, like when I met Al, like, oh, that's the, 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 he, he from where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? He from, he from New York. You don't meet the, the, you meet brothers with an ER, but you don't meet the brothers with the He called them real mother G's, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, But a book that I want to propose for everyone um, is a book by James Baldwin. How about that, right? We talked about James. Um, And the book is called Nobody Knows My Name. It's probably my favorite um, Baldwin book. And so check out this book, man. It's, It's excellent. It speaks to um, where he he's at um, looking at um, he's leaving Paris and whatnot, coming back to America. Um, and he's realizing that um, he's like, despite the problem that is uh, external to him, he's dealing with what's going on um, internally with him. Um, and so this is a great book. I think that um, men, black men should read um, to just get them to think, man, about about um, their manhood and who they are. Um, especially under the, the, the pressure of uh, systemic racism and racial disparity, even violence um, in our own, among our own kind, right? Tubac says, my own kind that I fear here. Um, do y'all have anything y'all want to suggest? Any books, songs that kind of um, speaks to this? If, 
and this is just in regards to change, something I listened to, yeah. and I moderated a meeting off of it a couple of weeks ago. Um, Malcolm X's speech, The Ballad of the Bullet, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's truly powerful. Yeah. And one thing I'm learning in life is like listening to people and not judging them by either their religion, their color, mm -hmm. it's good information, it's good information. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Malcolm, brother Malcolm is powerful, brother, man. He, impa he, he revolutionized how I think, man. Look, I heard that, Jewel. I said, I see why they killed that brother. I see why they killed him. Yeah, bro. Listen. Listen. Listen to uh, yes, when he talks about the uh, the house nigga in the slate in the field nigga. <laughs> yes, sir. What you got? Anything? Anything? Alan Duke. Yeah. Um. Begin again. And, ah. Um, he's really. Um. It's like he's working through the life of James Baldwin. Yeah. I think that's a great book. I ain't even make it through the whole thing yet, but yeah, first half so far. Eddie Glaude. Really Eddie Glaude is a guy, he don't play no games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And James Baldwin ain't play no games either. So the work that he did, um, I think in this book, Begin Again, is is phenomenal. So I think it's something that we need to have in our libraries. Yes. Yes, sir. Another Baldwin book. Go ahead, dude. Man, I was the Baldwin. Uh, Y'all should definitely check out his movie, um, I Am Not Your Negro. I think it I was saw it, like, narrated by awesome. him. Bro, it was fire, bro. Awesome. Fire, bro. Fire. Um, that was good. I had that, and then um, yeah, I think uh, a black theology of liberation is yes. by James, James Cone. James Cone. Yeah, I want to offer that one up. Um, yeah, check that out if anybody got some time for some real good reading. Awesome, awesome. So y'all heard it. Um, shout out to my brothers, uh, my brother Duke, my brother TJ, my brother Al. It's good to have y'all on this, man. This is books, Bible, ballads, and beats. Um, episode three. Yo, y'all gonna come back, right? I'm back whenever you need me. You know, my schedule get cleared, except for the day <laughs> I had a meeting. But, Listen, know. so far I've talked to men. You know, um, the first person, first man I talked to was a white man, but it was a intense, he, he he's he's a real guy, man. It was an intense conversation on politics. Yo, and I think Yev it was very cool. important. Yev is cool. You talk about Yev. Yev, Yev is my bro, oh, man. Yev is, cool, Yev is the bro. man, yo. Yev he is married the man. to a sister, so he knows. And she, and she don't play. She don't play. And he act, he act, he act like us. Like, like when it comes to like, not like how we know our wives don't play out, TJ, Duke, you'll find out. Yeah. Yev, Yev. In time, bro. Yev know, Yev know when it's time to come in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> When Can I go you, out? When the pastor talking, take your time, brother. Take your that's, time. That's it. That's it. Doc. Look, so, bro, um, look. but but aside from yeah, man, I've had this uh, podcast with, with with all black men. I was on my was on episode two. It was great, impactful. Some a sister came. Um, TJ, you remember Love, right? Love hit me up and was like, "Yo, love I listen on this show, huh, huh?" Love always. She hasn't. She. I'm. I'm I want to bring her on. Um, on some on another conversation. And uh, you know, uh, but she listened to episode two, and it was she was impacted. So yo, and and, and really encouraged the brother. But yo, man, the hours spent. Um, shout out to y'all, man. We definitely going to do another one and whatnot. I want to keep this going with black men raising their authentic voices, um, and speaking. I want to get our sisters too, but I definitely want to keep black men speaking because we need more black men speaking. Let me know, bro. I got plenty of people. You need young, you need some teenagers, you need some young black men to come talk. I got some K to eights. I got some trouble youth out here in these streets. I got some women. I got some older men. I got, I got whatever you need. Just Yo, let me man, know. 
we we get it cooking, man. We 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 gonna talk and we gonna get it cooking, man. I, I would love to uh get that out there. I got, we got burgers and all. The- <laughs> I got the fries that dot your eyes. I got the shakes that make you quick, and I got the I got burgers. I just got burgers. <laughs> so yo, I love y'all, man. This is books, Bibles, Bibles, and Beats. We out, man. Peace.